Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to your favorite podcast, the Young Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast, where it's not about just the young, it's about that mindset, that entrepreneurship mindset that's always fresh and ready with new ideas, always willing to work under that pressure, willing to overcome any obstacles. I am your host, Angel, and I am thrilled to be here. Happy Friday to everyone. I hope everyone has had a wonderful, uh, successful week. Listen, I know we've been through a lot and we still have a lot more to go through. So listen, if you're watching this live right now, please comment below. Give us a give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. You know, all that good stuff. Follow me on Facebook and whatnot. And I'm, ga- I'm glad that you guys are here today because today we're going to have a very, very important topic. And before we get into anything that we're going to dis- discuss today, and I have a wonderful guest. Um, sorry, I, I know I'm, I may sound a little under the weather. Both of us, actually, today's topic is overcoming challenges and, and performing under pressure. And listen, I have this sinus pressure. <laughs> I was just talking to my friend Henry, man, and we both under the weather. We both are being tested right now to be at, to be exact. So listen, guys, the audio downloads, as you see, there's going to be available on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. Shortly after this po- this live stream uh, is concluded, I will have the link to all of that. So you can follow me on Twitter under AngelSantos75 and Instagram under Santos Podcast. So listen, guys, like I said, today I have a special guest. All right, all the way from the West Coast, Bakersfield, California. Uh, he's from Los Angeles, California. Of course, the Rams are out there celebrating their Super Bowl championship. They just had the parade, man. And listen, you know, Laker fan, Laker Nation, all of you in the West Coast, congratulations. You guys have so many great teams out there. And and listen, today's guest, man, his name is Henry Jerez, I hope I pronounced the, the last name correctly. Please forgive me if, if I kill your last name on this podcast. I'm not really good with pronunciations and whatnot, especially when I'm feeling a little under the weather with the sinus pressure and whatnot. But you know what? We could have looked for many excuses not to do this podcast today. But if we're talking about working under pressure and overcoming those challenges, then well, listen, we have to be that prime example, right? So so listen, man, Henry, uh, he was actually referred to me, and I, I think uh, the gentleman that contacted us and got us together, uh, listen, this gentleman from Egyptian immigrants, right, he migrated out to California, born and raised in California, went to high school, got accepted to the University of California, Riverside in 2008. This gentleman has uh, the heart of uh, Kobe Bryant, right? He, he admires so much uh, Kobe. We're going to be talking about that, how he worked under pressure, his work ethic. Right. He adapted that work ethic of that Kobe Bryant. And today he's here to talk about law attorney, uh, his, his law degree and, and many other things. Right. But today he's going to be here with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and welcome him to today's uh, podcast. Mr. Henry, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Angel. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Hey, man. Thank you, man. Uh, how how you pronounce your last name? I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. Garris. Nothing like it's spelled. Ah, Gary. See, I knew it. I knew it. I should have. I should have asked you that before, but <laughs> but it's all good, man. So, Henry, thank you for being here, man. I know uh, you're in a tight schedule, and I, I know you've had a rough week and whatnot. But thank you, man. Thank you so much for taking your time to be here on this podcast. You know, this podcast, I, I really did it to connect with great-minded people. Um, 
such as yourself, right? Because, you know, we come into this country, whether we're immigrants or we're born here and raised here, it doesn't matter. But the most important thing is to talk about your story, right? I know we've all grew up with uh, a dream. We all, all of us come to this great nation, right? To have uh, our dreams come true and whatnot. But of course, life happens. Uh, college happens. Marriage happens. Right. Family happens. Children happen. And, and then we take another course and whatnot. But I'd like to get to know a little bit about Henry. Right. Uh, Henry, I want my my audience to also get to know you. So uh, let's go ahead and start there, if you don't mind. Let's go ahead and start with your story. When, before we start with your story, how you doing, man? Because I know we both with that sinus pressure. When, how you feeling, man? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit under the weather. But like you said, um, just going to perform under pressure that's what we do that's it man we know this topic i guess it didn't happen for a reason i guess you know god works in mysterious ways you know if he's like, you guys gonna work on the pressure i'm gonna make you both really <laughs> feel the pressure <laughs> and whatnot so listen henry man first of all thank you again for being here so let's oh go ahead God. and right get into it um i know you're you know coming from an egyptian immigrant right an egyptian family go ahead and talk to us because you know, we all have different cultures, you know, the Latino culture. I'm from Puerto Rico. You know, we have Latino culture, the American culture, you know, all different cultures. So talk a, bit, a little about your culture and whatnot. Yeah. So like you said, uh, my parents immigrated here from Egypt. Um, my mom was born in Egypt, but actually spent most of her life in Sudan. Um, and her her father was an engineer, my grandfather. Um but in the area they lived in, there was an immense amount of poverty. Um, so mm. that was definitely something that shaped her upbringing, you know, to be in a position where she's fortunate, but also to be empathetic around, you know, the, the environment that she was in. Um, my dad lived in Egypt and then moved to Amsterdam um, after finishing university and uh and he met my mother in Egypt uh, when she came to visit. And then after getting married, they immigrated to the States. And okay. we're, we're a small minority in Egypt, um, what's known as Coptic Orthodox Christians. Okay. So 90% of the country, it's a, it's a Muslim country. So 90% right. of the country is Muslim. And about 10% is Coptic. Um, and the word Coptic actually means Egyptian. And mm. Orthodox is just a very traditional, conservative um, church so it's exactly what it sounds like very similar to like a greek orthodox or a russian orthodox yeah it, it's a conservative egyptian a church and that was pretty much my upbringing uh, very conservative um my parents my father was um strict you know he valued academics and that was i was stressed and my upbringing was largely in the church um you know i met okay. most of my friends growing up in the church and in school. So it was a big part of my life. And um, yeah, really, it really molded the person that I am today. Oh, that's awesome, man. So when you get, they come directly to California, that's where you're born and raised in California? Yeah, they came directly to California. My my father's brothers, um, his older brother had already immigrated here. Okay. So they all moved to the same area in the San Fernando Valley. Um, it's the suburbs of Los Angeles. And that's where, um, you know, they settled down and, and that's where they currently live to today. Oh, OK. So you went to the high school, you went to elementary, middle school and high school in California, in L.A., basically. Right. Yep. Yep. In and, the San you, and you had this uh, pretty, pretty I identify myself with you as far as the aspect that 
you know, you had this NBA, you know, this hoop dreams, like we call it, <laughs> because I was the same thing. You know, I grew up in the Michael Jordan era, era you know, with Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. So when I was going to the basketball courts, I imitated them because that was, you know, those are people that you admire. Like, wow, you know, I want to be like him one day. You know what I'm saying? So you, growing at high school, you you had a, uh, other than the work ethic, but you admired what, you know, Kobe meant to the Laker Nation and whatnot. Talk to Absolutely. us about that. Kobe, um, Kobe was my biggest inspiration, still is. And I see you uh, have a, a, a picture of him back there. Yep. We got the eight and we got the 24, how it started. Ooh. And, um, you know, I just... Uh, I remember being in a car wash with my dad as a young kid and watching the series against the Jazz, you know, when he was a rookie. Oh, yeah. And just his ability to be fearless, um, take those three-pointers, even though he airballed them, and then go down the court and take another one. I and then go down that. the court and take another one, and he airballed all three of them. But yeah. he took the shot. And, you know, <coughs> I knew right then that this guy was different. And um, I had the pleasure of watching his whole career, watched every game. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a blessing. Honestly, I, I thank God that I was born in L.A. and that I got the pleasure of uh, of watching Kobe and, and being a Laker fan. Yeah, and speaking a little bit about that, because uh, Kobe, his work ethic, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, you know, sadly, everything that happened to him and his daughter and the other uh, passengers that were with him. But I personally, I can say that I learned more about him after that tragedy, like his work, like what people said about him. You know, after the fact, like his work ethic was just it, it was out of this. Like even Chris Bosch, uh, he, he talked about um, in his Hall of Fame speech, he said that he would go meet with him the next morning to go work out. Like at like at five o'clock in the morning, Kobe already had ice bags on his knees. So he had already worked out at five o'clock in the morning. So that means he must have been up at three in the morning working out and waiting and by the time the guys went to the gym at six in the morning he was already done so talk about that worth ethic how did that motivate you you know i heard him say one time that he doesn't feel nervous and i, I found that to be odd you know because here he is a professional basketball player performing in front of thousands of people and there's that inherent pressure but what he followed up with is saying that you know if you put in the work you put in the time and the work then there is no need to feel nervous or pressure. You put the pressure on yourself beforehand. And if you're feeling pressure, that's because you haven't taken the time, you haven't put in the work to do the preparation necessary. And that's something that I didn't take lightly. Um, and I thought about, like you said, Michael Jordan, you know, as great as Michael Jordan is, probably the GOAT. Michael yeah. Jordan, you would see him walking around with cigars and yeah. drinking and gambling. Um, <laughs> but Kobe, Kobe was... He was sewn from the same thread, but he also put in that extra work. He put in the time watching his opponent, you know, studying the nuanced details, like against the finals in Allen Iverson. He knew that he yeah. was going up against a tough competitor, and he he said himself, I have to study him. I had to learn every move. I had to watch every move, every reaction to know. And that could be applied to any profession, exactly. you know, just the drive. That's awesome. So when you got accepted to uh, University of California, right, in Riverside, is that correct, 2008? Yes, sir. Okay, so so you go to university, and then is that where you where you, you went straight into law, that what you were decided that's what you were going to do? Yeah, actually, in high school, um, we had a debate, and it was a team debate, um, and 
our teacher said that our team had performed better than he had ever seen. And he had been doing it for about 20 years every year, you know, and that Ooh. kind of um, was the light um, that kind of sparked the idea for me. And, and it's kind of a profession that could utilize my skill set. I'd like to think that I write well. Um, you know, I like to think outside the box, think abstractly. So while I was in college, I started thinking, you know, what can I, what's a profession where I could utilize those skills and something that would challenge me, you know, and also something that um, I enjoy doing and that would allow me the opportunity to make some sort of the, a difference in, in a community. Exactly. And so about my junior year, I decided that I was going to go to law school um, and I started studying for the LSAT and, um, okay. and take, start taking the steps. Yeah. Okay. And you, because law school, I mean, for a law degree, you have to be in college for, was it four years? Yeah. Four years and take the entry exam, which is the LSAT um, okay. to get into, into law school. And then, um, you know, my law school actually offered a program, a master's program uh, for dispute resolution. And I think that they're still ranked number one in the nation, but they certainly were at the time that I was there. Wow. So I also joined that joint program and, and acquired the master's while I was in law school. Okay. So while you were in, in law school, right, and whatnot, because I know you, you shared a story with me about a friend that you heard a news, something about he had passed away. Take us through that story. He's, yeah, so 2012, I graduated college, went straight to law school at Pepperdine. Um, it was about my, I want to say it was about two months into it. Um, you know, I was going out for a walk, and I randomly met um, my neighbors, and we were sitting down talking, getting to know them, and I got a call from one of my best friends, um, and I couldn't take the call, you know, because I was uh, just meeting these people for the first time, didn't want to be rude, and I... Um, kept on getting the calls, you know, I got about nine of them. And then he, he had told me that unfortunately our friend tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident. And, and that was really tough. You know, wow. uh, we were both with him that day, the day before, wow. excuse me, the day before. The day before. And um, it was tough, you know? Um, so it was something that I took a little bit of time, um, took was around support, family and friends and yeah. then went back to school and eventually finished and um got yeah because uh, in the meantime but, but that that was that was an event that you're saying that you know you you it was tough because i mean you're talking about not just any friend it was one of your best friends and and you know at the time that you're going you're about to graduate it was you about to graduate law school no i had just started it was my first year oh you had just started law school yeah okay. the, the first year of law school they say is the toughest because Law school's taught in a different way than anything that most people have ever experienced, you know, something called the Socratic method and yeah. just adjusting to the level of competition, you know. Um, and also I was coming, uh, I went to Pepperdine, which is in Malibu, you know, and I grew up in the suburbs of L.A. And yeah. we were always comfortable, but my family certainly wasn't wealthy. And so that was an adjustment in and of itself, living in Malibu and, and finding your place there. Of course. And the competition of school and just adjusting to the workload, you know. Yeah. Um, so most of the, the subjects that are tested on the bar exam that you take to, to become licensed afterward are taught yeah. in your first year. And that's part of what makes it so challenging is that the, the core classes are what's being, you know, dumped on you right when you enter the door. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, like you said, you know, you lose anyone, you know, that that's a big distraction sometimes, you know, and, and trying to refocus and maintain yourself on that path of, you know, your career and whatnot. So, 
I understand that because it, it could be it could be difficult to lose, you know, a close friend and whatnot, and then trying to you know you know you're while you're in school, you had just started school and whatnot, and and like you said, you know, it, it's something that you know those are life events that I think that sometimes we're tested on, right? We're tested on those events, and and just to see how how you're gonna react. So that was your reaction. Yeah, and it was my first experience with death as well. I had never lost anyone um, close to me. I yeah. was fortunate, and um, yeah, it was it was certainly a test, um, and it taught me a lot about myself. Actually, you know, having having gone through it, um, taught me you know how much I value my friends and family, of how course. much they're a core part of my life, uh, and you know, just to not take anything for granted, nothing for exactly. granted. Exactly. No, I appreciate that, Henry. Absolutely. So, so you you finish your degree, you got your master's degree and whatnot. So, well, how do you start your firm? Like, take us through that process. Like, what was your mindset when you were going through? You know, deciding are you gonna, you were always decided you were gonna do your firm in L.A. No, I. Um, so the reason why I chose to get the master's was because originally I thought I was gonna practice family law, okay. and I wanted to find a niche market within family law. So there's something called collaborative divorce, which is basically where two people decide that they want to separate. They each hire their own attorney, but there's also other players in the game. So someone like a mediator, that's a neutral um, liaison between the parties. Right. And there's sometimes a child specialist, depending on the case, if there's children involved, financial planners. So a bunch of professionals that as a team come together and try to resolve the divorce in a less adversarial setting. Okay. And then litigation, because divorces can take years and they can be very expensive and, and very contentious. Yeah. So I wanted to find a niche market that focused on alternative dispute resolution, alternative to litigation. And I heard it all throughout law school uh, during orientation. A lot of my professors would harp on the fact that you may think that you're going to do something while you're in law school and end up doing something completely different. And that was the case for me. Um, You know, once I graduated past the bar, I started working. uh, I was working in Calabasas for a family law firm. And I um, didn't feel that sense that I was making a difference in a community. And that was something Mm -hmm. that pushed me to go to law school to begin with. Okay. And I was catching up with a friend of mine uh, who was also an attorney. We went to junior high together and he was telling me about what he does. He was a public defender. He still is actually uh, working out in L.A. And everything that he touched on was the opposite of what I was experiencing. And everything that he was working on and, and accomplishing was everything I wanted to do. So I decided that okay. I was just going to apply to every public defender's office in the state. And I actually, as an attorney, volunteered for a few months out in Santa Barbara um, until I got hired in Kern County at the Public Defender's Office, which was actually the same office as my buddy from junior high. So I okay. worked there for a couple of years. And then after you know get, getting that experience, which was invaluable to me, um, I had an opportunity to branch out and start my own firm. And Kobe had just passed away. Um, January of 2020, and I started yeah. the firm in March of 2020. So it wow. really was a catalyst of me just deciding to um, just to go for it, just to go do for it. it. Doing that with that same work ethic that he had, that same heart. 
that he had. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've been recently this. So recently, you just have your firm for maybe what two years now? Yeah. Two years, okay. Two years now. So speak to me. Let's let's talk about that because I see, you know, I've always heard about you know misdemeanors, you know, different different type of you know cases. What what for for example, what can you share with us that you see the most out of your clients, right? Because we call them clients, correct? Clients, yeah, yeah, your clients. Yeah. Like, what's the most typical thing that you or maybe someone who's listening right now that can maybe use your services in California, right? And and maybe they have a case. Maybe they don't know what to do. What what advice can you give them? And what, what is something common that you see all the time with your clients? Well, first off, I'll say, you know, if you're ever in a situation where you're being arrested or detained, do not talk to the police. You know, that's the first thing. Do not um, talk to the police. Okay. Do not talk to the police and hire an that's, attorney. That's the right that we have. Yeah, like we're not violating anything. That's a, that's a right that we have, right? That's a right. You, you always have the right to remain silent, you know, right. and, and that's a right that oftentimes isn't exercised as much as it should be. And oftentimes, you know, clients will say something under the belief that they've done nothing wrong, that they're completely innocent, but their own words are what's used to trip them up later down the road. Mm. And the way it works is that, you know, there's different levels of crimes. There's infractions, which are just punishable by fines. There's misdemeanors, which are punishable by up to one year in the county jail. And then there's Mm. felonies that are punishable by prison time or county jail time, you know, anything more than a year. And in the felony, there's serious felonies, violent felonies, and general felonies. So there's levels to it. And we deal with everything from infractions to attempted murder cases. You know, predominantly we deal with felonies, um, but we have misdemeanor cases and, you know, we deal with everything from DUI to attempted murder. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, uh, that's something deep, especially with, you know, attempted murder or anything. I mean, that's something that's that's big. And, and so, you know, so, so family law, is, do you have a mix of with your family law or or anything? Is, is it does it make a difference or? No, uh, the firm is entirely criminal defense. And OK, we, we focus exclusively on criminal defense. OK. And and yeah, um, you know, anything from simple infractions to. To like like I said, you know, attempted murder and uh, yeah, DUIs and you know any common things. DUIs, yeah, we see a lot of DUIs, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, Cal- uh, in California, Bakersfield actually has the highest murder rate in California, oh, so wow. it, it's unfortunate, but it's uh, part of the reason why the firm is you know here. Um, there's yeah. a lot of business, and there's also a shortage of attorneys. Um, and our slogan is client-centered caring counsel. And there's a shortage of attorneys that actually care, that aren't going to just rubber stamp things, that actually would go and fight for clients. And and that's largely a part of the reason why I stay in this county, you know, and take cases out in L.A. as well. But I feel like there's a job to be done in this county and there's, you know, there's there's an opportunity to serve a community here. Okay, okay. Now, um, I I just asked because I, I don't know, like it's. You know, other than like uh, real estate that you can only practice real estate within your state. Can you practice your law in any parts of the U.S.? No, there's a there's a bar exam for every state, just like the real estate license. Okay. Um, so I, I'm in California and I have no intention on going anywhere <laughs> else. You know, yeah. beautiful California weather, sunshine and uh, and, you know, 
the Lakers, as you see back here. So I, I'm I'm an LA kid, born. I know, right? And no, you guys got the Rams too, man. The Rams. Oh yeah. Aaron Donald, he's out there just flexing and enjoying his ring, man. That, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I yeah, no, he's living his best life for sure. Yeah, he is, man. He deserves it too, man. That that man has worked hard for for what he's at. But that's good, man. So, you know, with, with this whole law thing, where, where do you want? Uh, like, what, what are your goals later? Like, are you personally, Henry? Like, what is your? You want to retire as as your attorney with your law and whatnot, or what other goals that you have personally that you may have? Yeah. Um, you know, being from L.A., uh, I want to grow the firm and, and continue to serve this community, but also, you know, spend time with my family. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I don't take that lightly. I don't yeah. uh, I don't take, you know, the fact that this this um, pandemic has you know really changed the world and tomorrow's not promised. So, you know, as my parents get older, I would like to also be down in L.A. a little bit more, um, be around my family and. You know, and eventually I actually wanted to be a high school history teacher, you know, before I get out of here. (laughs) So maybe even retire and go back and teach history at my at my at my high school. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So how how your parents feel? Your parents are still in L.A., right? Yeah. Yeah. And how how do you feel that you you achieve? They see that. uh, uh, I mean, going back, your siblings, you have brothers and sisters or just you? Yeah, I have an older brother. uh, Okay. Eddie. And, um, you know, my parents, they're, they're proud of both of us. You know, I think that they're proud yeah. of the way that they brought us up and the way that, you know, um, the way that we're kind, we're caring, empathetic, and, you know, um, looking to help people. I think that they're very proud of that. I think that they're very proud that whenever I set my mind to something, I accomplish it. My dad always tells me that, you know, um, That's cool. he tells me that, you know, I've actually never... I've never failed when I said I was going to do something. There might be a hiccup along the way. There might be a bump in a road, yeah. but I don't give up. And um, I think that that's something that they're they're very proud of as well. That's cool, man. And, and it shows, man, to be honest, Henry, I don't know you on a personal level, but I see that you're a very humble, very genuine uh, young man. And, and I appreciate you. I'm pretty sure your clients appreciate you when you're able to drop the charges <laughs> and get them off. <laughs> Thank you, um, thank you. I really yeah, do appreciate man. that. Thank you, Angel. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Henry. So, man, listen, I'm going to let you go because I know you got a, a long weekend and I, I know you're a family man. So I hope you enjoy some time with your family this weekend and whatnot. And thank you again for being here, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Angel. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely, man. So best of luck with you and your firm. And I'm actually going to refer you, like I said, I'm going to refer you uh, to Leonard, uh, a gentleman that I had not too long ago that he helps attorneys uh get leads and whatnot with marketing i'm I'm gonna i sent you an email that so you can check your email all right absolutely thank you all right henry peace man be good be great man take it easy don't go nowhere all right folks so there you go man there you have it henry uh one of the attorneys in california man so look him up follow him in he's also available on twitter instagram and facebook and whatnot so look him up and i'll see you on the next episode but before i do i do want to leave you on a positive note as always and the scripture says in james 1 verse 2 and verse 3 it says my friends consider yourselves fortunate when all kinds of trials come your way for you know that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials 
the result is the ability to endure. All right. So there you have it, man. Working under pressure, man. I haven't been feeling well these days, but listen, we made it through. We got this podcast out there. So go, guys, I hope you enjoy uh, this podcast. Please share this content. If you know of anyone in LA that needs his services, go ahead. You have I'm gonna have all his contact information down below uh on the link. All right, guys. So thank you again for joining this podcast. I hope you guys have a safe weekend. God bless you, and I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.